Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by Matt Island. Hello Matt, it's been a while because we've been trying to arrange um, a podcast for weeks now it seems and never managed to line things up yeah. one way or the other, as is the way of things. But uh, yeah, nice to have you back on here now. Last time we spoke you've been doing a, a variety of different things in terms of driving and driver training and all that sort of stuff. So what have you been up to lately? What have you been driving? What have you been doing? So, from the last time I spoke to you, I, I can't remember which which pet van run I'd done. Um, so, just in case I hadn't mentioned it, I went down to the bottom of Spain uh, with a dog delivery and then came back on the ferry from Spain. I can't remember which port it was now. Uh, Santander, it was to Plymouth, which was quite a crossing because I've never done that one before. Uh, I mean, basically now I do one week a month on the pet van, which frees me, me up the rest of the month to do some driving for various other people, trying to get some writing done um, for truck and driver as well as uh, some of the book projects. So and it's, it's working out really well. So the, the start of last month, I went out to Germany, took some cats out there, bought a dog back, and then I took some cats for some Ukrainian refugees to Scotland. I went to Edinburgh and Aberdeen, and the, the faces... Oh. These women, they haven't seen their cats for three months. They've obviously got out of Ukraine. And as soon as I opened the back, the back of the van, there was just floods of tears. And it was it was a great thing. You know, it's, it's my job at the end of the day. But it, just to see them reunited with them, that was really good. Oh, I mean, that, um, yeah, that was really, really nice. That and, is. And, yeah. and bizarrely, oh. uh, the, the cats I dropped off in Aberdeen, I, there's not really any parking on the road, but there's a little chip shop and it was just about to close. And I said, look, can I just park in your car park? I've got to deliver these cats and, and I'll just grab a bag of chips, you know, because I'm parking here and, and I want me tea. Anyway, mm. um, a friend of mine from one of my books I'm researching messaged me and said, that chip shop is run by my other half's daughter. Who remembered you stopping in there? And he lives in Essex and there's me stopping in Aberdeen and... Mm. That's my friend's daughter without even realising it. I mean, what a small world it is. Oh, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is. I, I mean, oh, that's nice you've been able to do that for the Ukrainian refugees and things. It's kind of slipped a little bit from the, the sort of front pages of the news, although there's very much stuff going on there. I've started to see stuff being mentioned uh, on social media about pets and the issues, that the big problems with animals and things in Ukraine, because obviously loads of people had to leave their pets behind and they've been unable to look after them and things, and it's just another one of the terrible costs of all of this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that in some small way some people have been able to be reunited with their animals. I've gone I'm going on holiday to Cyprus in a couple of weeks, my first holiday for like six years, and I've sponsored a cat Excellent. out there because yeah. I'm a massive sap. And I've paid 60 euros to sponsor a kitten, which is called Henry. Yeah. I've named him Henry after the Hearts goalkeeper, Henry Smith. I don't know, it's just the first name that came into my head. So I'll be going out there just shortly. Oh, that, that's that's nice, a bit of feel-good stuff to kick this episode off. You're self-employed, aren't you? I am, yes, I am. Yeah, that's so. it. So I've had people say, because this... The government screwed over road transport with this IR35 nonsense because it was tarred everybody with the same brush and there are definitely people who are correctly self-employed and driving for a variety of people in transport. Mm -hmm. uh, and they went and screwed people over uh, because I'm still registered as self-employed even though I'm full-time on truck and driver PAYE as well because I do do... Um, I do driving work and I do mechanic work and I've got my YouTube channel and I was buying and selling cars and all that. And there is a legitimate requirement for people to be self-employed in road transport just because yes. some people were cooking the books and mucking about with figures. 
you know, it's a it's it's a nightmare. If you're trying to work for five or six different companies, you can't be on the books of them all. No. And it screws your wages up as well because you're not looking for holiday pay or sick pay off them or anything like that as well. It's Beckon nightmare. It is, although mm. it tends to affect the larger companies rather than the small ones. Yeah, um, luck- yeah the bigger ones are proper paranoid yeah. about it. Yeah, l- luckily right. for myself, I don't work at the moment for any <laughs> any yeah any large company, so I'm I'm sort of exempt from that. But just going back to what you were saying about Cyprus, you're going there in two weeks. Whereabouts mm-hmm. you Whereabouts you going in the south? Paphos. Paphos. Okay, so. It was was it yesterday or what day is it now? So it was two days ago, I think it was. Cyprus, home of the Zenobia ferry, forty two years ago today when it sunk, uh, and created one of the world's best dive sites. Which obviously, this is a truck and driver podcast about trucks. However, one hundred and four. Hey, this podcast veers off far from the subject of trucks. Although, times, you know, that's, although that's, there's a hundred and fair game, you know. Yeah, but it's got one hundred and four trucks on board, so you know, it's it's definitely a, a truck related uh, dive site without a doubt. So, um, mm. yeah, the so Zenobia. the Zenobia. And m- before I met my girlfriend, my sort of rough plan had been to spend a lot of time out there taking people diving on it uh, in between working on tours and obviously life has changed a lot now uh but i am as i've mentioned before i think researching for a book on it which i found a bit more information this week as well it still keeps sort of trickling in and ticking over so um i know i know one chap who i i, I think i name checked before phil barton he i sort of had having a good chat with him about it before so uh yeah it's it's still coming along and it's a it's a hell of an interesting story um so if you've got the time to head to Larnaca when you're in Cyprus, unfortunately you won't see much from the surface, but it's all under there and it's a, it's a heck of a story. I will do. I'm going to hire a car when I'm up there anyway and go and do a bit of exploring and things. I'm going to have to take my laptop with me because it's the week we've got deadlines and we've got show programmes to do for Convoy, Thruxton and all that stuff, so I'm not going to get bloody peace. I'm going to have to go and... I'm going to have to um, do some stuff when I'm out there and that, uh, because we've got still... Uh, we could do with recruiting some like sort of full time staff and all that, but you know it's it's difficult to recruit for any job anywhere right now. It seems yes, absolutely. You know, even though the even though the country's been a bit of a mess and, and all that, nobody seems to be able to employ anybody. Whether it's whether it's hotel staff, restaurant staff, car mechanics, heating engineers, dental assistants, anything. Nobody can get staff for anything. Yeah. What is are what are people doing during the cost of living crisis? You think people would be looking for well paid the well-paid sort of stable office jobs as well as other things, but it seems not. It's no, a strange it's, place out there right now. Mm. It's bizarre. But there we go. I mean, mm. the, the driver training side of things, they're still really, really busy uh, getting people through their, through their licences. Um, so there's no sort of let-up in the clearing up of the driver shortage, which has been a shortage for, what, 30 years at least. Um, mm-hmm. But they're still coming through, and it, it's still an awful lot of them seem to have the approach of well there could be a pandemic again and a lockdown the last lockdown all these truck drivers kept working so that's a handy thing to fall back on that seems to be quite a lot of people doing that mm-hmm. um so whether they're going to utilize the license in any way shape or form does remain to be seen but you know the, the pool of drivers is certain there but even even people i work for you know and i'm sure pretty much every haulage company could do with at least one or maybe two full-time drivers but there's just 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 a shortage, and and you can see why with with the grief and the aggro that seems to be getting worse and worse 
every every single week. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of shit going on right now. I mean, everybody knows what's going on one way or the other, and things are being aggravated as well. What we're going to be kicking, what we're going to get, what we're going to kick off about as well. What we might well be doing by the time this podcast comes off is the fact that the RDCs, Tesco, seem to be the main culprit, are forcing drivers to sit back in their cabs again after two years of being safely sitting. Uh, they're safely been allowed to sit in their cabs during the pandemic. They now want you back in the waiting room where you're, where it's less comfortable and more stressful and things. So I'd actually started writing about this today and my head got sore about it. So I went on to do something else because, you know, what people don't understand that, I mean, fridges are being ostracised as well. I don't understand what's going on, but it's getting harder and harder to park fridge trucks. And the supply chain wants fridges to deliver 24-7. People want their strawberries and their milk and their yogurts all the time. So fridge trucks have to run all hours of the day. And Chippen and Pit Stop put a sign up this week saying um, fridges all must be switched off by 9 o'clock. Yeah, I, I did notice strange. that. I, mean, yeah. you can't, I, don't, I don't understand how you can do that. I mean, that's always, to me, been a pretty good truck stop. I've always quite liked it and all that. They're quite proactive with their health things. But you can't just switch fridges off. It's not possible. They have to be accommodated. You can't just shove the things away. Yeah, I mean... Uh, so that's an issue. I mean, the problem you've got... You can, on a fridge, you could be on a nine-hour rest. The thing's going off all night anyway. You start... People don't understand start times in truck lorries as well. People are being asked more and more to start at midnight, start at two in the morning. So you get into an RDC... You are tired. But if you go in and they're going to take three hours to tip you or whatever, you need to be getting in your cab where you're comfortable, where you can lie down, where you can rest, where you can get something to eat. You don't want to be sitting in a smelly waiting room where you're not comfortable, you're not cool or anything like that. This isn't on. This needs to be kicked back against. It seems to be at a sort of individual branch level or RDC level as opposed to a company level because some of them are still letting you sit in the cab. And I would love to see how many accidents actually happened or incidents took place over the last couple of years when drivers were sitting in their cabs again. I bet it was none. Mm-hmm. But it's just being cantankerous and malevolent. There's a couple of good words. Anyway, well, see if you can get them, see if you can get them into conversation, everybody, during this week. Absolutely. Cantankerous and malevolent. Those are words <laughs> of the day. But also, equally, am I not wrong in saying that almost all of these RDCs are run by haulage companies, people like Wing Canton, who do a lot of the some stuff? Some of them, yeah, like XPO and things do stuff for Morrison's and stuff. And actually, I've got quite a good, some good reports about Morrison's. To be fair, it seems to be on a managerial level. Although I have seen an email from somebody at Tesco saying, "Oh, it's because it's just too dangerous. It's too risky to have drivers sitting in their cabs." No, it isn't. There is zero risk of having drivers sitting in their cabs where their trucks are tipped. If you're mm-hmm. taking the bloody keys off them and putting airline locks on them, for goodness sakes. I mean, how many instances were there when, when the lockdown was on and drivers were left in their cab? Yeah. How many yeah. instances were there? None. And, and I suppose as well, that are, are they now assuming that as COVID disappeared? It has not. They've still got other stupid bloody plastic screens up in places as well. It's a farce. It's just a kick in the bollocks to drivers and all that. Uh, when it's stressful and tiring because it's, well, fridges need to be accommodated even more safely now because the government ludicrously decided that they can't use red diesel anymore. Diesel's yeah. now two quid a litre for Joe Public. These, I mean, these anything that's got diesel in it is a theft target. And now you've got fridge trucks, 300 litres of white diesel on them, easily, easily stealable. Mm-hmm. And now it's making it more difficult for them to get parked up at night and things. And the guys come in off the road and everything like that. And they need to get a rest and things. They need to be sitting in their cab, whether it's for a 15-minute break or a 45 or for a full four and a half hours or whatever, or three hours to split their daily rest. They should not be being forced 
into having to um, sit uh, in a waiting room. I can guarantee if you ask most drivers, one of the most stressful aspects of driving is going into the dreaded RDCs. And some of them have got terrible reputations as well. Yeah. There's a particular Iceland somewhere that's got a fearsome reputation. Is it Swindon? Uh, I think Swindon's... Yeah, somewhere about there's Reading or Swindon or something like that. I'm sure somebody will tell. I know there's, I know there's definitely a Swindon because I delivered there uh, the other month for MDF, but I was delivering a whole load of refrigeration parts for some works that were happening there, so I didn't get involved, luckily, with any of that sort of carry-on. And I'm quite lucky that where I live, obviously a lot of it is agriculture haulage, so being on bulk, I've, I've managed to avoid... RDCs for a long time now, and long may yeah. That's continue. a good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. depending on what, depending on what sector of transport you're in, you know, if you've been on the tippers all your all your days or car transporters or something like that, you would never have, have experienced um, uh, what it's like to go into to go into these RDCs and all that. And they are some of the most miserable places on earth. Yeah. And there's no need for it to be like that. It's sort of company uh, work culture and things. There's no need for it to be. You go into some places and they're happy and people are friendly and they will accommodate you and stuff. And it all comes down from the management, the way that yeah. it drips down, the attitude, the way that people behave towards other people. And just when you think, you know, you might make baby steps forward in the last sort of year or so with facilities and stuff like that. It seems that we're going backwards with this RDC thing, with this getting harder to park fridges and things when the guys driving the fridges are under more pressure than ever so you may think this podcast is going to come out next we're recording this at the end of the week so it'll come out the start of the next week which will be commencing the 13th, uh, the 13th, the 13th of June so things that you know diesel's probably £2.5 pence a litre now probably going up again it's, yeah. um, but uh, there's more pressure on things there's more pressure on hauliers as well this diesel price thing the price of fuel in general I mean I, I get the feeling that this is being done on purpose at a global level uh, Biden doesn't give a shit in America um, Justin Trudeau in Canada Canada have got the third biggest oil reserves in the entire world and they could solve pretty much all the energy issues that we've got going forward now they could easily do it but because it's fossil fuels and because Trudeau is like a lunatic dictator um, <laughs> he's, he's not willing to go and do it or anything like that the Putin, the Putin thing's just a bloody excuse if yes. he hadn't gone into Ukraine with a special military operation, these prices, all this stuff was going through, the, going up anyway. This was already on the cards at the start of the year before before he went and moved into Ukraine. It's now being used in a, as an excuse by companies and politicians all over the place. The oil company profits are sickening. Yes. Um, but looking at it from a hollier point of view, I mean, prices have, rates have got to go up rapidly. And the price of stuff, this is going to drive like inflation massively because everything that we've got comes in a truck. Yeah, you we know. we have and no infrastructure for anything yeah. else other than yeah. road transport here. No, it's not. It's the it's the only show in town. And Euro Six trucks are super clean, super efficient. You know, the, uh, our logistics uh, operations are generally very efficient, apart from you know the way that the, the RDCs make people wait for hours and end and things. But from a and, you, and you're very large hauliers, yeah. Hauliers <laughs> generally tend to run pretty efficiently. You know, they're not running about burning diesel for the sake of it or anything like that. So there's a lot of kind of hurty sort of things going on now. And, of course, another another thing that cropped up in the last couple of days, you sent me the picture of it. Greater Manchester police had stopped a lorry with a pallet of onions on it uh, and it had two internal ratchet straps on it, which I think is about 800 kilos. And they said, no, that's definitely unsafe. And it's like, well, I've carted thousands, hundreds of pallets in that same manner, done a lot of potatoes and things, and you can't put a ratchet strap over it because the product settles so when you stop that ratchet strap will be slack it won't it won't be doing anything so mm -hmm. the internals work perfectly well on stuff like that um the problem is cutting ciders cutting ciders are 
by the police and the DVSA's definition of the law, sometimes, depending on how they choose to approach it, they are never legal. <laughs> you just you can't work legally with them uh, realistically. No, uh, because, because you load, load bearing curtains. You take a pallet out, and then it's not a load bearing curtain anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it's just weather protection at the end of the day. And and a friend of mine a couple of years ago said to me, "You should just outlaw curtain sides." And initially, I was like, well, "What are you talking about? How, how that's just ridiculous?" Because they they're an evolution from the tilt, and you know, come and roping and sheeting. You know, it's a great thing. But then he he stood there and explained to me, "It's like if you had a shop." let's just say a jeweler's shop and you phoned your insurance company and they said, all right, well, how do you secure it at night? And you said, I pull a thin piece of plastic across with a couple of buckles and that's that. They would laugh mm-hmm. at you and never insure you. Uh, and then, which got me thinking, I was like, right, okay. Yeah. He's got kind of valid point. And he said, you know, who do they benefit? I was like, well, they benefit the drivers. Like, Not really. They benefit the customer and that's it. If you load the truck, mm-hmm. if you load a box van correctly, or a flatbed correctly, you can deliver and receive anything possible, realistically. And as I was saying to you earlier, there's no... Whenever you see all these problems with uh, trucks theft, it's never really from a locked box van or a container. Yes, it happens occasionally, but not very often. It's always a curtain side that's had the side ripped out of it, pallets mm-hmm. have all gone, and are generally these people are waiting to go in a large RDCs who will not accept a delivery because they're 12 hours early, but it's their own stuff that they want. So I, I all of a sudden I kind of thought, actually, he's right. If people just stopped running curtain ciders and just gave people the choice, you know, because I, I did mention this once before and got laughed at, oh, what, what about a load of bricks? Bricks, put them on a flatbed or on a, on a on a flatbed that's made for bricks with a brick crane and your sides etc cetera, etc cetera. don't put them in a curtain cider if you know if you if that's not a good backload find something well, else it's, you know you, but, but, uh, pretty much every truck coming out the pallet networks at night probably by if they wanted to go they, it would be illegal you know yeah. it would basically there's so much stuff it's just basically cuz most of it doesn't get stopped it just every now and again some poor bugger gets hauled up and, you know, it gets done because he's got polystyrene to the roof that you can't get straps over any sort of way. The only way of transporting it is in a curtain cider with no straps over it. Nothing's going to happen. But yeah. they're like, oh, no, that's technically wrong. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you get stuff like that, and obviously you get the odd pallets of things where it's like, oh, well, you know, that's technically illegal. Well, technically it is, but it's not unsafe. It's perfectly okay. If that truck's going over on its side, it doesn't matter if it's got a ratchet strap on it or not. Those onions are going everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sword pota- potatoes, sword glass bottles, sword cans, my fat wee bit of wrap around them and all that. They're all going everywhere. And yeah. you do see, like, in Sweden and like Scandinavia, you don't see them using curtain siders, do you? Very they've rarely. All got the hard, they've got the hard-sided trailers with the door on the side of it. It's all done yeah. for, uh, basically, sort of um, convenience. And you're right, there are massive security risks as well. Um, security is not being taken seriously by the authorities or the... the um, the, the um, motorway service areas and things like that. Trucks are just a sitting duck for crime targets and all that, even more so with the, the fuel situation at the moment. But I tell you what, is it? because people are, um, with fuel as well, like if you've got a car that sits kind of high up off the ground and everything like that, with a plastic fuel tank in it, I can imagine these sort of scumbags are going to be out drilling car tanks and everything now. That wouldn't surprise uh, me. And one, one other saddening thing as well, with that great amount of police post about the onions, um, mm. so I had a bit of time and I scrolled through some of the comments and the amount of drivers that have had their cabs broken into and wallets mm. and purses stolen 
and the police have done absolutely nothing. It's just so disheartening, and you can see why less and less people want to be involved in the industry because why bother if you're going to get treated like this? You know, this is an insecure load. But if you have your stuff, Nick, then, well, we'll give you a crime number and, and that's it. We're not even going to bother turning up and trying to do anything about it. I know that they are short-staffed to a degree, but something like that, you know, it's, it just needs approaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like a truck crime, absolutely. Absolutely. It uh, does, I will. We had the big push to get more drivers in ne- next year and things like that. And if it's going to, if we're going to be starting like uh, being snidey towards drivers and everything as things are going forward, they're, they're just going to go straight back at the industry again. I think that I was wanting to start up as well. I was talking about the magazine was Kids and Cabs as well, which I'd mentioned in the podcast before. Because there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be allowed to take your kids out in the cab in the summer holidays. There's no health and safety risk to it. They get a really good insight into the industry. A lot of the people who do the best in this industry are ones who've grown up around trucks because they really have an understanding to what it's all about yeah. and it gets in your blood and everything like that but that's all been banned now because of health and safety but there's not, it's just same old nonsense, same old nonsense uh, as that you know to try and attract more people more people into it and that's something we need to look at as well you should be allowed to do that you should be allowed to take your kids out uh, in the truck as long as you're not transporting some you know chemicals something, or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah not an ADR yeah. or something like that if you're in general haulage or something like that yeah what is the issue trucks have never been safer yeah. <laughs> you know yeah it, absolutely it, it's absolutely there should be absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be able to take your kids out with you in the cab uh, so they can get a real sort of feel for feel for transport and enjoy it and all that. A lot of people, because I talk to people, interview people all the time. You know, some of the most defining memories of childhood are being out in the truck uh, w- w- with um, you know parents go- going out and seeing the country and seeing seeing the 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 roads and all the different places. It gets in your blood and it never really leaves and you. Literally and learning the ropes, li- you know, being yeah, sh- yeah, shown you're like, you're like, you're shown so how to do a do- yeah. do a dolly knot, a double dolly. Being shown that and, and being encouraged to do it and tying a, you know, a ratchet strap and so on and so forth. You know, just all these learning things that are just lost because you can't go out. Yeah. And then people aren't told to ask a question, you know, if you're unsure, ask. If you're not told that, people are just going to have a go think, well, I think I know what I'm doing and get it completely wrong. And then they're going to be scarred from that and, ne- and not want to go back to the job in the first place. So, yeah, it's a vicious circle. Mm. Moving on from that ranty section <laughs> of the podcast, I got that off my shelf and that, you know. What an upbeat well, start! <laughs> it started middle section, I think. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it needs to be done. That's we've we've just said there what a lot of people listening to this will be thinking and will be experiencing at the same time. There's just there's a lot of stuff that's. Uh, arranged and made, uh, foisted on truck drivers for people who have no clue about the industry and no clue what they're, what they're doing whatsoever. Do you think uh, it would be possible to try and get... I was just saying, do you think it would be possible to try and get an interview with some of these managerial types at these RDCs to come on Probably. and actually and actually explain what they're thinking is behind it all and, and just have a reasonable conversation about it. I mean, Probably not. I would imagine you would probably at best get some press PR person who's going to roll out a load of predefined... Drivel. Sort of pre, pre, yeah, pre-organised sort of uh, statements about yeah. things and that as well. I, I yeah. don't think it would be like that. The only way you're going to get somewhere like this is if you get them some bad PR with Joe Public and things to say... 
you know, you are making the guys who drive 44-ton trucks stressed and tired and mm-hmm. less good and efficient at their job. And, you know, if they get their job wrong, then there's serious consequences to it because of what they're doing in their driving. You need to be, in, you know, in, in, in other parts of, like, the, the world and industry and things, people who work in offices, I'm going to have a mental health day today, and, you know. Yeah. And everybody's, like, enjoying their two days bank holiday for the Platinum Jubilee and everything like that. Meanwhile, all these trucks are running throughout it and everything, so everybody's got their bloody Prosecco and their barbecue sausages and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the very least you can do is make people comfortable and uh, get them, allow them to, to get somewhere decent to sleep. And, you know, we're not asking for much, just asking for, you know, so the very basic the very basics of facilities. It's, and, uh, it's sounding very much like the huge Lithuanian hallie of Gertikas, who I saw this week have just opened a new a new sort of office sort of area for their office staff with a gym and all this and that, and they've spent so much money on all their office staff. And I just sort of think, well, that's all well and good, but you operate with God knows how many hundreds of Ukrainian and Belarusian truck drivers underpaid and overworked, double banned mm. in a truck on an absolute pittance, what are you doing for all of them? You mm. know, where, where's where's Probably. the fairness in that? Probably very little, you know. Yes. The thing is, or did you see the thing as well? There was a lot, well, I need to be careful. There was, there was, there was a post up this week where a company in Poland was has been recruiting drivers from India. Yes, I saw that. There was quite that. a lot of jokes about it because they were doing some driver training and it looked like the driver training, I wouldn't even say it was Euro Truck Simulator 2 because that looks a lot more realistic. I don't know what it was that they were playing. Yeah. Uh, it was a computer game to do their training on, and there was a, quite a lot of sort of la- laughter uh, about about that. And, and I'm not knocking anybody coming over from India to Europe to go and have a crack at driving and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was just the, it's the training yeah. sort of things that were being... Uh, yeah, that were uh, done, and uh, yeah, it makes you wonder as well. What are these guys going to be getting paid? Is this the next sort of phase in the race to the bottom? Oh, now, absolutely! And where and, just and, we can get guys in from India and Pakistan or whatever, and we can pay them. We yeah. can pay them less than our European sort of guys and everyone because of the, the standard of living's increased massively in Poland as well. The standard yeah. of Polish trucks has gone up enormously. And yet, that's not um, even a Polish company. They're a Scandinavian company now registered in Poland to get mm. cheaper drivers, and now the Polish drivers are too expensive. The next best option is India, because there's already an awful lot of Sri Lankan drivers over here working for several other Polish companies. And now, since the war, uh, so you can't have so many Ukrainian drivers because a lot have gone home. They're now mm. pl- plundering the likes of Kyrgyzstan, Georgia, and just they're just going further and further east to find the cheaper and cheaper options just to keep everything cheap. Mm. Although speaking of uh, the EU and changes with the law and whatnot, now for vans up to between two and a half and three and a half ton operating internationally, they all have to have operators' licenses. They have to um, do defect books. They have to do log books. So tachographs will come in. And this is obviously, this is all aimed at your archetypal Polish three and a half ton tilt-bodied van that drives non-stop day Mm. and night. So that's, I think there's going to be a huge clampdown over the next few months with compliance throughout Europe for this kind of stuff. Um, mm. Which, which, from a safety point of view, can only be a good thing, um, because it's just there's so many of them, and some of the journeys they do is has just been frightening, and the loads that they put on as well is just unbelievable. Mm. So th- that's gonna, I think, help to to alter 
the playing field in Europe as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As well, the thing is as well, the, the poor suds that are in these vans as well aren't going to have much. And it's sleeping in those like little coffin sleepers on the top of the roofs and everything. You know, what sort of lifestyle have they got? You know, they, yeah. they should be, they, they they should be supported to you know have better rights and better. Uh, better conditions and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so this is a this is a, certainly a good step in that direction, anyway. At least for them. So maybe maybe it's a bit of good news. Yeah, I hope so. Definitely hope so. Yeah. Moving on, little musical interlude there as we move on to the next section of things. And that there's quite a big show on this weekend. Um, which you are going to, I believe. Yes, I am. It is the CVRTC show at Gaydon for, for the whole weekend. It's fantastic. There's a ginormous model display, modellers and uh, accessory companies from all over Europe finally able to come back post-COVID. Uh, it happened last year on a slightly smaller scale, but this year it's like full-on, no restrictions, people are coming I think there's a, an awful lot of stuff booked in. It's obviously the, the more the more vintage trucks than like the retro show in September. So there's a lot of the older stuff, although a lot of the retro stuff obviously goes as well. Um, but there's there's a the, the model room is sort of absolutely teeming as well. So it's a, it's a heck of a show, and I'm really really looking forward to it. I should be there for the entire weekend. Mm. Oh, that's that's really good then, because there's two shows at Gaiden, isn't there? There's a retro show which is later on in the year. Yeah, the retro shows are sort of normally about the second weekend in September, roughly, um, which I'm planning on going to as well. And but, yeah. but this year, for the last few years, I've been taking my friend's F16 um, H7 Roth, but that's actually a way being restored at the moment. So I don't think it'll be ready for this year's. So I've potentially lined up another truck to take this year. Um, mm-hmm. But I just need to double-check with with the guy so uh but i have a rough plan maybe for the following year as well for bringing something slightly slightly different as well get that out of retirement and bring it along so um yeah the retro show is one to put in the diary for for future uh no that's that's good i'm looking forward to that as well we've got the road transport expo coming up at the end of this month which is uh, going really well. Free to attend. All you need to do is register. There's a driver's day on the Saturday. I'm on stage on the Saturday doing a variety of uh, talks and things with um, uh, Jared and Martin from Volvo and Scania. Jamie Fretwell from Mercedes is coming on to explain the updates to the Actros. We've got some of the ladies from Girl Talk talking about um, uh, more female drivers coming into the industry, among other things. There's ride and drives available. You could sign up and get yourself out driving stuff like uh, the new FH16, the new Scania 560S. Some electric trucks are going to be there as well. Uh, it's looking like a really interesting few days, that, because it incorporates Tipex and Tankex into it and Freight in the City and all that as well. And the weekend after that, we've got Convoy on the plane at Thruxton, which has got the classic touring cars at it with John yeah. Cleland racing and a Vectron. Jim Parklington there with John's old Cavalier, which I'm more excited about than any of the truck stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I would love to go and see that. So I'd have to check the diary and see if I'm about for that one because that would be great. Yeah, well, it's it. Thruxton, which is in Hampshire, that's in the south coast. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you if you definitely want to go, let me know. I'll sort you some tickets. On yeah, that I'll, I'll, for you, it. What's uh, the date of it? It'd be the ninth and tenth of July. 
I am delivering two French Bulldogs in Athens on the 10th of July. Same job as oh, last year. Well, you'll not be going to that then. Same job as last year. They, we've, we've been requested again. So uh, the trip was planned again. Um, slightly different this year because the Euroferry Olympia, which we went on last year, burnt out a couple of months ago, as we discussed previously, which I remember. Um, we're going to be sailing from Bari on a newer Grimaldi ferry, apparently. But yes, it, it, I'm really looking forward to that trip again off to Greece. That'd be really nice. Mm, no, that would be. Which, which, how long does it take you to get all the way over there? So we, the plan is we're going to leave on the Wednesday um, to go go down to the farm, collect the dogs, and ship out to just say France. Then with a good shift, sort of get through France into the top of Italy, and then from sort of Turin area. That's a rough plan down to near or near rough. So that that would take us through to the Friday night. The the boat sails one o'clock Saturday afternoon, I think it is. So we'll get in late at night into Egermanitza, and then it would just be a case of Sunday, wake up in Egermanitza in Greece, drive down to Athens, or to it's a little port called Rafina, which serves uh, the island of Mykonos. And unfortunately, it's a little sort of uh, it's a funny looking catamaran, but it's passenger only. So that the family will have some people who work for them coming over to meet us to take the dogs and their personal effects over to their one of their homes. And then um, we'll just trundle back to the UK, which will take sort of an, another five days back uh, back to England. So sort Not of 10-day ten, ten, ten round trip, sure. roughly. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Double manned. Sounds like a decent job, aye? That's yeah. all right. So, I mean, t- apart from the dogs and things like that, you were doing a bit of driving for Terry Seaman, who is, was a notable Foden operator. We had him uh, on the cover of the magazine last October. October, where he had his uh, DAF XF, which he'd done up to look like a new Foden. Yep. Um, and obviously, he's still running a couple of them as well. Um, is, have you been driving for him a bit? Who, who, who else have you been, what have you been doing? Yep. So, so this week and next week, I'm with Terry. Uh, I've done done a little bit more for him as well. I've also done a little bit of tip of work for Tannington's um, and also for for Norman's Transport, who do just curtain side of work, but it's all nice and nice and easy and sort of local for them as well. Um, I also had a small hand in a display that was held at the Suffolk Show at the start of the start of June for the um, Platinum Jubilee. Uh, a friend of mine arranged a lineup of I think it was eleven trucks. I think it was over the seven decades. And one from each, at least one truck from each decade. So I suggest right. I suggested to him Terry has got the last ever Foden built, which for the Suffolk show with a you know, a British truck with a Suffolk haulier, which is an agricultural haulier. You know that'd be good for the lineup. And also Tannington's, I spoke to them and they sent along their little Thames trader as well, which is what I took Bob Carter to his funeral on a few years ago. So yeah. I, I I helped to arrange them two for the for the display. Um, among, there was, I believe, another Thames trader. There was a, a I think, a zero one two three four and an R series Scania, um, which is quite a quite a mean feat in itself, especially from around Suffolk only. I can't remember off the top of my head what the others are, but I shall try and get some photographs for Team Truck and Driver. Try and get that get them mm-hmm. in, included so that people can see the see, see the entire lineup. It was quite a quite a nice sort of thing. Sadly, I couldn't make the show because I had prior engagements unfortunately so um i didn't i didn't get to uh see it myself which is a bit of a shame but we, we can't do everything can we no 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 <laughs> no i can't no it's getting busy now it's like it's uh 
quite quite good that there's stuff on the go um, all the time now, especially after the last couple of years and things. There's road runs, shows, events, all sorts of stuff. Kelso's Steam Rally. Uh, I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit annoyed that I can't make that because I'm on my way back from Cyprus that weekend. Yeah. Um, but that looks like it's going to be a uh, that looks like it's going to be a good good one as well. That's always a, a nice event. You got hundreds of ERFs along at the, along at that. I'm still kind of yeah. working away with my possibly doing my British special issue. I don't know. I might just go and run the, run the features as they come in. I haven't decided. <laughs> Fair just, enough. Just well, uh... just yeah. It, it just depends how much we can we can build up separately. Sort of anyone anyone point. You know. We we, we do put a lot of uh, content in trucking driver. Um, they don't want to go and it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite a task to keep it going. We've had a good response to getting contributors and people want to write stuff for us, which is good. I'm glad about that. So excellent. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, from after the last one, I did speak to Roger Hastings, who's still running free Ford cargos on a daily basis, which is quite impressive. I think. Um, I also spoke to young Ed Lambert from Lambert's Potatoes, and they've got a pair yeah. of pair of ERFECs still delivering potatoes daily around Norfolk. Um, obviously, Terry has still got. There's one phone still on the road regularly, and there's two others that aren't sort of on the road as such, but could very easily go to work if they're you know if required sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm up to so far with the British stuff, just from around my area. I would like to try and speak to another hauler from Norfolk who did have quite a fleet of ERFs, but I think a lot of them have either been retired or sold. I'm not too sure. I should have to try and find out. I do mm-hmm. have a phone number. I did speak to them the other year, but it's just time just disappears, isn't it? I don't know where it goes. I've blinked, mm. and it's June 2022. Uh, I had several um, projects on the go for Truck and Driver, and all of a sudden for the last couple of years, I haven't spoke to these guys who I've made contact with and started writing about, and it's just... I keep thinking about mm-hmm. think right. I must make I must make contact, and then all of a sudden something else happens, or the phone rings, and I sort of forget all about it. And it's just it's just crazy. And people, whenever I was grow, when I was growing up, people always said, you know, the older you get, the quicker time goes. Mm. And I'd never believe them. And now all of a sudden I'm like flipping it. It's my birthday this month, and I'm 41. Uh, I'm I still think that I'm about 18, 19. It's just crazy. It does. It definitely does. Times. Time is rolling on fast, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt, so, yeah. <laughs> what else do you have? Any other business for this particular podcast? Anything you want to mention? I would like to mention the fact that our friend Carl Jones has finally got with the technical revolution and downloaded a podcast app and has just discovered the Truck and Driver podcast, so after oh, over... Well done. So well done, Carl. After over a hundred episodes, you finally joined us. <laughs> but uh, but nice to have you along. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well done. I was glad to glad to hear it. Uh, the podcast the podcast continues to uh, accumulate listeners, and it's it's rolling away nicely. Still looking for a sponsor for it. I'll get there at some point. Yeah, soon. I hope you know any potential sponsors out there. Give us a shout. Yeah. Uh, but aye, we've got the new magazine just coming out. To, um, we're going to try and do a special issue towards the end of the year with a load of extra pages and a competition and things in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to have done more of them, but it's something like it comes down to resources and, and things like that as well. We would like to go like, sort of uh, across the company and things. It would be good to go and like get some more staff in and things like that, but it's just not easy to recruit people, as everybody knows. So. Yeah, absolutely. Aye. But anybody who's listening, you, if you, uh, you're, I'd love to hear your experiences with RDCs. Are they being all right? Are they being idiots? 
What's the deal with that? How are you getting on with your fridge truck? Are you able to park it places? How, how are you managing with that? Um, and also fuel security and theft as well, because that's now even more of an issue. You know, the big things facing our industry right now that need to be addressed and nothing's being done about them. So Yeah, too right. Brilliant. Cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on again. Matt, we'll try and get lined up again uh, easier, uh, sooner again than, than a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, really no, enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it as always, Dougie. Uh, enjoy the retro show. Uh, no, sorry, it's not the retro show. It's the CVRTC en- enjoy- show. <laughs> Enjoy the CVRTC show and look out for Matt's right up in Trucking Driver and the next issue on that as well. Yes. Take care, guys. Catch you again soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.